A human being is a part of the whole, called by us, the universe. A part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening the circle of understanding and compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Albert Einstein Thanks for tuning in to MakerCast, a podcast about the inner work of creatives from all walks in all places. Morgan James Smith here. So glad you're with me. Today, is episode 41. For the past couple months, I've been thinking a lot about self-improvement. The root of this likely being having recently moved out of 2020 and into 2021. Resolutions get tossed around casually. They get memed and mocked, forgotten, and upheld. I can't prove this, but I have a hunch that the resolutions that create the most change in any given person's life are the ones we never hear about. Like wishing on a star, blowing a dandelion, or dropping a penny in a well. If we want it deeply enough, we hold it close in our hearts, in that sacred space, between our physical self and our higher self, or if you prefer, the space between us and God. The week leading up to and following New Year's is kind of like a campaign. Proclamations of reformation, big change, plans, and promises of action. The remaining 51 weeks of the year, after having already been elected by self as the best candidate to represent self, requires sitting in the seat, doing the work, following through, and that can be much, much harder. There are always elements that arise previously unforeseen to our formerly resolute selves. Motivation dwindles, boredom sets in, amnesia takes hold, 
and lifelong patterns of behavior assert their authority once more. I've never been one for resolutions. For me, a date on a calendar doesn't signify much other than another day of life and another opportunity to embrace each day and each moment with a sense of gratitude and a willingness to be morphed into whatever form best serves the creative spirit and whatever form offers the most to my fellow human beings. What then, with a month of 2021 already in the books and my daily practices in the four, do I want to focus on? This is the question I've been asking myself since mid-December. And this is the structure of what will comprise this episode. If I had to pick an area in which I continually and repetitively get stuck, it would be my ever-sharpening tunnel vision. You can picture me as the child with the magnifying glass, fascinated with all the minutiae, the surface texture of the tiny pebble in my palm, the world within the dewdrop clinging to the single blade of grass. Those are beautiful illustrations, but here are some not-so-savory ones that equally describe me. The tourist, with the phone screen three inches from their face, trying to capture the photo of the sunset, all while missing the sunset, or perhaps the creator, so hung up on a fumbled sentence, or the choppiness of two spliced pieces of audio, that he is unable to see the beauty and the impact of the 40 wholehearted episodes already in the books. I could go on, and maybe with a few more examples, my wider net would further catch relatability among you. My point is well enough made, though, and that leaves my question, which is this. What helps? What mechanisms do I have as a creative, and do we have as makers, as inspirers, to help us take 10 steps back, zoom out, and see progress and improvement and the results of our efforts. One commonly referenced metric in the world at large is money. If a person has a bad day at work or a salesman fails to close on a deal, the weekly, monthly, yearly paychecks and profit act as a reassurance that all that effort, all that resilience, all that resolve to continue showing up is actually worth something. Some of us makers do make money. Some of us don't. Some of us make coffee money or rent money, or mortgage money. Some of us don't. We differ widely in that regard, but one thing that unites the majority of us is that whether we make money or not, we generally don't do it for the money. This deep inner calling, this compulsion to create, is what separates our kind of work from other kinds of work. Pick a job, any job, gas station attendant, barista, hedge fund manager, school teacher. Picture this. They all have bosses, 
and each one of them gets a sit-down meeting in which the message is delivered. You are absolutely fantastic at what you do. You work hard. You've developed your skills in conjunction with your natural talent and aptitude. You are irreplaceable. And you know as well as we do that you bring something entirely unique to this line of work. For the amount of time and effort you put in, you deserve double, triple the pay. However, we are no longer able to offer you any wage at all. All that being said, you are generously welcome to stay on and continue your position. What do you say? Yeah. Not happening. Now take the songwriter, the painter, the potter, the essayist, the poet. No money is promised. Small, unpredictable sums are occasionally made when the cosmos align. But the work must be made. The calling must be honored. The creation continues through struggle, through poverty, through day jobs and night shifts. And money, this universally accepted and lauded means of evaluating effort, rarely leaves a trail to reinforce and remind the creator of the value of sticking with it, even on the bad days. I think this is partly why it can be difficult to zoom out. Because by engaging with the creative process in a state of blinded tunnel vision, we are safe from the question of, what is it all really for? Instead, we can lose ourselves in the madness of the project without having to weigh the countless hours spent against the standards of value set by the working world around us. But if I know one thing, I know that I need to step back. I need a broadened sense of perspective to allow me to catch my breath, see imperfections in the work as part of the process, and then dive back in with a renewed sense of purpose and place. When I'm in a state of intense creative focus, laundry gets left undone. I walk into the living room and forget why. I lose my glasses. I leave my coffee cup on the porch until three in the afternoon. It's an energetic and longitudinal wormhole. The question I've been asking myself has been how to achieve balance and a state of larger perspective on the creative process without losing focus or relying on monetary affirmation. My answer has simply been to identify all the things I take for granted. little things, the big things. The moment I become aware that I'm taking something for granted is the exact moment that I am dropped back into the present moment. I see the beauty of the creative life, the blessing of making art. I see the current project as a single imperfect puzzle piece to a larger imperfect puzzle. The perfect take it simply doesn't exist, I realize, as I turn on the tap and fill my glass with cold, 
clean, life-giving water. I take a sip. I switch to hot. I wash my hands. The soap smells good. The warmth is welcome. And suddenly, I'm free. Free from obsessing. Free from blocking everything else out. I feel that my artistic pursuits are just a part of a larger whole as I simultaneously see my very own existence in exactly the same way. This practice of noticing the things I take for granted has been simple and beautiful. And for me, it's been so helpful. Not only helpful with starting and finishing projects, but with how I relate to my daily life and the role of my creative work in the world. For the rest of the episode, as I share some of the awarenesses of the things I take for granted, I invite you to use the space in between to really breathe in the blessing. Perhaps something from your own life will come up. Hold space for it. Let gratitude and perspective wash over you and spend this time basking in all that you have and all that you are. Next time a hiccup comes up in work, in life, in creativity, hopefully, it won't feel like such a big deal. Overflowing fruit bowl. Eyesight. The ability to hear. Taste buds. Sense of smell. The feeling of bare feet on wet grass, soft earth, warm sand. People to love animals, children, a bicycle, a car, shoes, winter boots, a winter coat, warm gloves, a warm hat, parents, Love, neighbors, rivers, lakes, 
the ocean, mountains, electricity, sidewalks, paved roads, stocked grocery stores, three delicious nourishing meals a day, an oven, ingredients for baking, a microwave, a coffee maker, a toaster, dental floss, cutting boards, sharp knives, utensils, clean dishes, a roof that doesn't leak, health, the mail in the mailbox, a space to call my own, a cell phone, a computer, a microphone, internet, urgent care, hospitals, emergency rooms, my doctor, my dentist, health insurance, garbage and recycling services, toilet paper, every single heartbeat, every single breath, trees, flowers, the sky, drinking fountains, personal space, sunshine. Screens in windows and doors, bug spray, deodorant, access to information, the right to vote, books, the library, medicine, being able to walk, freedom to travel, Clean clothes, <laughs> laughter, having time, the capacity to feel feelings, kindness. As I sit here, breathing that in, letting that settle, knowing that it's just a 
tiny portion of all the things I take for granted, eagerly looking forward to adding to the list. Even though I've spent quite a bit of time with each of these awarenesses, letting them come to me organically and then writing them down to share with you something about reading it aloud makes it resonate even deeper. So the next time you find yourself stuck reworking an idea to pulp, take a step outside, find something that you take for granted, and just for a moment, revel in it and see what happens. From me, sipping clean, cold water to you out there, wherever you are. Keep making. This episode of MakerCast was recorded and produced right here in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Music for this episode can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support the ongoing creation of this podcast, tell a friend about the show, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, visit patreon.com makercast or buy me a coffee. So glad to be sharing this journey with each and every one of you. And I'm already looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.